0: Film Festival. I'm Mike King, senior programmer for the festival, and our guest on this episode is the director Debbie Lum, whose new documentary, Try Harder, is screening in our 2021 festival. I'm going to begin here with a quote. Getting into college has become an ugly business, malignant in its consumption and diversion of time and energy and true interests, and not its least deleterious aspect is how the children themselves accept it. They talk casually and unattractively of their first, second, and third choices, of how their first choice application does not actually reflect their first choice. They are calculating about the expectation of rejections, about their backup possibilities, about getting the right sport and the right extracurricular activities to balance the application, about juggling confirmations when their third choice accepts before their first choice answers. They are wise in the white lie here, the small self-aggrandizement there, in the importance of letters from names their parents scarcely know. I have heard conversations among 16-year-olds who were exceeded in their skill at manipulative self-promotion only by applicants for large literary grants that passage is taken from the essay on being unchosen by the college of one's choice which joan didion published in the saturday evening post in april 1968 and based on debbie lum's new documentary things have only gotten more intense in the intervening 50 odd years try harder follows the senior class at lowell high the top-ranked public high school in san francisco There we meet some of the most academically ambitious teens in the nation, who are knee-deep in the cutthroat college application process, with all eyes and essays trained on a handful of uber-elite universities. Along with this breathless tension, Lum takes a hard look at the frequently opaque standards of college admissions offices. Lowell High's student body is majority Asian American, and its students are saddled with stereotypes that greatly affect their acceptance rate to choice Ivy League schools. Director Debbie Lum is joined in this conversation by Lori Lopez, Associate Professor in Media and Cultural Studies here at the University of Wisconsin-Madison and Director of UW's Asian American Studies program. Here's their conversation.
1: Thanks so much for joining me today. I am really excited to chat with you about this documentary. Um, Let's just jump in. So why don't you tell me how you got interested in making this film about Asian-American high schoolers? What was it that made you want to tell this specific story?
2: Uh, Well, I'm an Asian-American. I was once a high schooler. (laughs) Um, But um, seriously, I'm, I'm a parent. And when I first started making the film, my oldest was just starting kindergarten. Um, Actually, I was making a different film before. I was making a film called My Tiger Mom, which looks at the stereotype of the tiger mother, that sort of um, Asian mother who pushes really hard for academic success at all costs. Um, And sort of because I was surrounded by lots of parents who were doing that same thing, even when my kid was like applying to kindergarten. So um, I was looking at it from the parents' perspective, and I thought Lowell High School would be one chapter in this story. Um, You know, here's a high school, predominantly Asian-American, number one ranked in San Francisco. It's a public high school, um, lots of children of immigrants, and um, the so-called tiger cubs, the children of these tiger parents. reputedly go to the school um excuse me but when we got there and then we met all of these amazing kids um we just pivoted and realized like we had to tell their story it was just this kind of golden moment um they really opened themselves up to us and um the whole school did really they just were really gracious and we were super lucky and um Yeah, that's how it, (laughs) that's
1: how it began. That makes sense because I also loved all five of the students that you focused on. They are both fascinating and lovable. (laughs) Um, Can you tell a little bit more about meeting them and deciding to work with them? Like what was it that drew you to them over maybe other students that you must have considered?
2: Yeah, I've asked, I've been asked this a lot um, and I would say that you could almost drop a pin on any student at Lowell High School and just go and run with it. I mean, it was they were there's so so many amazing kids at that school. Um, and I'm sure that's true of, like any school, seriously. I mean, it's um, it's of such a pivotal time in in someone's life. Um, but that um being said, we had this amazing ambassador, Mr. Shapiro, the physics teacher who welcomed us into his classroom and introduced us, us introduced us to a lot of his students. Um, on the very first day, we met Alvin, who's one of the main characters. Um, and you know we just knew instantly that we wanted to tell his story. He had so much personality. He was like a total super, super geek um, and hyper-social at the same time. Um, and it was just such a, like, um, Kind of a surprising mix, I think, um, with a very serious tiger mother slash helicopter mother <laughs> slash Taiwanese immigrant mom with a with a big heart. Um, and um, but yeah, I mean, like, you know, I love that Ian, one of the other characters is, um, you know, multiple generation family, multiple generations in America. So he's like fourth generation, I think, Chinese American And, um, you know, his his family came in to San Francisco through Angel Island, um, way back in the early um, turn of the century. Um, And, you know, once we met Rachel, who's biracial African American and and white, and she um, is, she, you know, statistically, like she represents only 2% of the the population at Lowell, because there's not very many African American students at Lowell High School which is a problem they they're trying to solve. Um, But um, not just that it was really just who she who she was, as a as a as a kid just so um, she always try. she's like, so genuine and always trying so hard, you know, like the title (laughs) of our film, like, you know, it's just I don't know, I mean, there's there was just, it was kind of obvious, you know, that we would these are great subjects to follow.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. I also wanted to talk to you about how vulnerable the students were on camera, and you said it was just kind of automatic. And so I was going to ask you, you know, how did you get them to feel so comfortable and safe while you were filming them? But maybe it's the other way around. Like, was this a story that it seemed like they were really eager to tell? Like, did they were they really excited about the prospect of having their story told?
2: Well, there was some of that. I mean, that was probably... One of the big reasons was I really felt like they, um, I, would, I, I, I kind of went into it as a documentary filmmaker with a subject in mind, thinking that you know you have to do a lot of convincing. But um, you know everybody had something to say about it, especially when we originally um, broached the topic through parents and the pressure that parents put on them. And I think it was a major stress reliever and outlet for them to sit there and talk to us and find out that actually we're going to ask them really easy questions (laughs) and all they have to do is you don't have to pass a test there's no right or wrong um they just had to tell us what they were going through um we just we never asked them to talk about things they didn't feel comfortable with you know consent is a huge part of making a good documentary um you can't force anyone um and in some ways i mean it's a little bit self-selecting when you make a documentary to the people who would feel comfortable sharing their story and and that's what i thought was great because like asian americans don't often share their story on camera and our our stories have remained you know marginalized and you know um largely invisible or misrepresented and so to have this whole class of asian american kids that were really open and wanted their story to be told was was just a great feeling as a filmmaker
1: Yeah, especially because it came during what looked like it must have just been the most stressful year of their lives (laughs) to be vulnerable. I mean, they also opened themselves to look bad, like they they were just you were going to show where they got into college and where they didn't. So I have to imagine there must have been some fear and nervousness around that reality also.
2: Yeah, I mean, that that was definitely the harder stuff to film is filming them opening applications. Um, even as as a filmmaker, we knew like they're probably gonna fail statistically, um, but even so, everyone's just like, oh please help help help! And then like they mostly failed. I mean, yeah, um, yeah. it was it took a lot of courage.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, So you said that you were interested in this project as a parent, but I was wondering how much you identified with the students and their struggles. Does it seem to you like high schoolers are having a completely different experience of the college application process now?
2: Absolutely. High school has really changed in the last probably 15 years. Um, I mean, even Lowell High School, it used to be a place where they were known for having the best sports team, being ranked number one in football and having, you know, tons of fans at the games and things like that. That's what I've heard from other Lowell alum from, you know, decades ago. But um, yeah, it's a lot of the students that go to high school. Um, it's like they go with their, their briefcase and their, you know, I mean, it's like a job. It's like their professional resume that they're building for their career. And it's kind of a lot, I, I feel like, a lot of students have lost out on on that kind of both the innocence and the freedom that, you know, you're supposed to have as a high school student, which looking back, I didn't really realize that I had. I mean, I was sort of a big nerd when I was a kid, <laughs> but back in those days, it was not cool to be a nerd because like there was only a few of us and like you try to keep your your head low and i think now everyone's a nerd i mean like we have a whole bunch of nerds out there going to high school doesn't matter what race you are but um yeah
1: yeah <laughs> also I'm, i was also thinking about um being immersed in the world of a largely Asian American high school. So, Did you grow up in an area that was mostly Asian? Because I I feel like that's also the the kind of immersion of the the film is maybe showing people who are not from California what it is like to be around a high school that has that environment from having so many Asian American students. Yeah, we're in Wisconsin, right? (laughs) Yes, that's right. (laughs) Very different from the experience here. And I grew up in Portland, Oregon, which is also nothing like California. Yeah. Well, I grew
2: up in St. Louis, Missouri. okay. <laughs> yeah. So I'm used to this um, being like having no Asian Americans around you. Um, so it was completely different from what I was, what I had experienced um, where we were kind of the only one. Um, and so um, that was part of my fascination. I was really curious to know what it would be like to be a young person who you know, to be in a high school where being Asian-American was the norm or it was, you know, I always joke like being Asian-American is normal there. It's not abnormal or you're not a right. you're not a weird a weirdo um, because you're different. Um, and, you know, that's what we learned a lot about that. It was it was
1: interesting. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Even students who wanted to get away from having so many Asian-American students as their colleagues.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that's
1: fascinating. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I think we talk about identity a lot because, um, you know, for them, and and also they're not offered any, it's not like there's anything written in the history books that is telling them like what, what it means to be Asian American or how their history in America is, you know, this is Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month, month of May, and they don't get any, anything on that, you know, when they're in high school. Um, But they're fully immersed in an environment where You know, they look around a lot of the Asian American kids and it's it's like it's kind of an invisible norm, you know, which I think it is. That's probably the same as for the dominant, you know, hegemony, if you want to use (laughs) a nerdy term Um, like that is you're kind of immersed and you don't really think about it. You don't think about what your identity is, but you still have an identity that is, um, you know even if it's not named specifically. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, So your previous film, Seeking Asian Female, looks at the really troubling stereotype of Asian female hypersexualization. So I was thinking about stereotypes in this film. Do you feel like, um, well, I guess, yeah, what do you feel like audiences might take away from thinking about Asian Americans as the model minority after watching this story and what what were you thinking about stereotypes as you were telling this story? Yeah,
2: I was I am always kind of fascinated by the stereotypes um and I'm kind of piercing through them and 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 digging out all the different layers of meaning um in, inside the stereotype. And yeah, our film is about the stereotype of the model minority. These are the kids that people think of when they think of the model minority. These sort of like scary, ruthless academic machines is kind of the stereotype that are going to, you know, obliterate the competition and make you feel bad that you're not smart enough or something like that. I think that's kind of the general stereotype about the Lowell student. Um, And they're nothing like that. I mean, they're just ordinary teenagers, just like everybody else. I mean, yeah, they study a lot and they work a little bit Probably too hard um and they're under a lot of pressure i mean i think that's what you find is that they're under a lot of pressure the whole system everything from you know not like if you go from peers to parents to the entire college application system is forcing them to be under so much pressure um and um really you know they're just um just as human and full of personality, and want to have fun just like like everyone else. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really nice way to think about the stereotype. Is that there's definitely some truth to it. There are so many Asian Americans that are facing those kinds of situations or living that life that you might think, but they're they're humans at the at the base of it all. They're they're different from each other, and they're still funny and. Sympathetic and,
2: and and also, I mean, being a good student, wanting to, um, you know, do well in school, wanting to get into a good college, is a pretty universal thing. That does not, that is not the, you know, single defining um, feature of an Asian American. <laughs> that is really what people are like. I mean, and in our film, you know, the white kid wants it just as bad as as the black girl. Um, and, and the Asian American kid, I mean, it's like a very universal thing, but for some reason, because when Asian American students are, um, academic achievers, that's all that they are seen as, you know, um, like one of our kids, you know, they all wanted to get into the top school. They all wanted to go to Stanford. Um, one of the, one of those students, um, you know, was a great dancer and loved to dance. And that's one of his passions, you know, alongside wanting to, um, you know, be a science nerd. So I mean, I think everybody has all of those facets to them. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, but it also definitely calls attention to how broken the system is. Like you walk away just being like this is super messed up. Students should not have to feel this way. Like why is there so much pressure? Like why do students need to try to get into this handful of this very small number of colleges as if they're so much better than any educational experience. Um, so I was wondering about um, your hopes that this film might inspire some kind of change or you know, have you heard any responses like that at other screenings?
2: Absolutely. And in fact, our own team um, is working on an impact campaign that really looks at ways that we can um, rethink the college admissions process and remind ourselves that students are at the center of that process that it's not schools it's the students um so you know fit over rankings is a big thing um that we've you know we've become a little bit obsessed with just like you said this tiny you know tiny tiny fraction of of colleges that are out there um and there's so many great schools there's so many great students now and like really you could make the most of of, of like any school that you get into. Um, and also that, you know, not everyone is is meant for this sort of very narrow band of, of schools um, that really, it's like one of the students, Ian, who whose parent really encouraged him. He's, you know, his parents are Chinese American. They told him not to take a ton of AP courses just to really have the time to explore and do things that, didn't seem logical in high school. But in the end, he got into a school that he's, you know, our, our students are in college now, and they're really happy um, where where they ended up at. Um, but one thing I will say that our film didn't go into that, um, I think, um, bears some investigation by some investigative journalists, that um, those top colleges they put a lot of resources towards marketing and over marketing and rankings so that, you know, more students will apply and more students will get rejected and their rankings will go up. And um, they don't really consider what the impact of that is on the students that they are trying to admit into their universities. Um, and so like one of the great things that we're hoping to do with our film is to to share it with, you know, the gatekeepers and the admissions officers, um, and we've had some amazing screenings where admissions officers have watched our film and said, "Wow, I had no idea. I mean, I knew, but I didn't know until I saw your film. Like what a student goes through today. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's it's it is it is too much. We just need to take a chill pill, I think." <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, I love the idea of having an audience of college admissions folks. I have been seeing this film so much on the Asian American film circuit that I was I just always think I'm thinking about Asian American audiences and how they'll relate to it and feel like it's a really important story to help understand the nuances of our community and our experiences better but I like thinking about just the educational audience more broadly and then thinking about it at a place like University of Wisconsin Madison like we're pretty outside of that like extreme stress bubble of like only trying to get into Ivy Leagues like we obviously we have an entire state system out in Wisconsin that we think is amazing for everyone. So there must be many different kinds of audiences and different responses to that same message.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And there's so many great schools out there. I think now with the way that, um, because of COVID and the um, changing the policies, admissions policies are changing everywhere. That's like a major rethink and. We'll see what how that all turns out. Yeah, um,
1: that's true. We'll see <laughs> if like getting rid of the standardized tests can stick around. That would be helpful.
2: Yeah.
1: Um. So you mentioned that students, those students are now what, graduating from college.
2: Yeah. It, um. It took us. You know, we filmed it before COVID. <laughs> we filmed it a while ago. <laughs> it took us a Independent documentaries take a really long time to do. Plus, we had shot three hundred hours of footage and. Um, we spent a good amount of time in the editing room to craft a good story, but, um, they are, yeah, they're almost all of them are about to graduate. Um, one of them was younger, so he still has, um, another year or so to go. Um, and yeah, we've been bringing them out with us on the circuit and it's so fun. I mean, they have, they're both, you know. The t- like, they've grown so much in four years, and they're still also the same lovable personalities <laughs> that you meet. So like Rachel, the um, the student who, um, I mean, have, I don't know if your audiences have seen the film or not, a spoiler or not. I, but
1: yes, um, I think this is for okay. people who have already seen this, the <laughs> film. <laughs>
2: so good. So Rachel, who got into Brown, um, it just graduated from Brown like on Sunday. Wow. Um, yeah. And like every time we check in with her, like pretty much most of the time it'll be like, oh yeah, my mom is here right now <laughs> visiting. She's, <laughs> they're That's still awesome. super close and like, um, yeah. So, oh man,
1: now you need to make part two where you have them reflect on their journey and be like, what would you have done differently in high school? Like, did it pay off in the way that you thought it would? Well, I literally was just
2: before we got on talking to Sophia who was one of the characters, right? And who, um, she, um, you know, she was the one who had applied to 11 colleges and had no backup. Like her backup was UC Berkeley. (laughs) I mean, it's like, and we were just, I was just talking to her about that. She has written, she on her own, because of the experiences that we went through at Sundance, just wanted to reflect on it and wrote, has written this amazing piece of reflection that we're trying to see if um, she should maybe try to publish somewhere because it's like a reflecting back on what it was like to be a high school student and have a film made about you. um, And then to be in a complete, having the vantage of being four years older and very different, you know? Um, But yeah, so that's been really interesting to, um, you know, have them comment on their high school selves um
1: yeah like alvin i
2: was was gonna gonna say
1: i think they're like their parents might have thoughts too, seeing all the pressure that they were putting on them and then now know and being able to have hindsight about the choices that they ended up making and how they feel about that too
2: yeah definitely i mean at, at some point we would like to bring the parents along everyone has been very interested in the in our students. Um, but, um, yeah, there's (laughs) a whole nother story. there.
1: (laughs) always more stories to be told. Um, speaking of which, um, obviously you're very busy now with this film and getting it exhibited everywhere, but I'm curious to know if you're working on any new projects, are you sticking with something similar to this or exploring different topics?
2: Yeah, I mean, um, we're working really hard on, on our impact campaign. So like we want people to go and check it out on our website, tryharder.com, wait, tryharderfilm.com slash impact, <laughs> um, which, um, which is a lot actually developing um, guides and, um, you know, building partnerships with really great organizations that look at mental health and um, the college admissions um, but we're also I'm also going back to the Tiger Mother documentary that um, I was like in the middle of before I, I switched gears um, and still um, developing that one as well as a couple of other projects that they're a little early to talk about. but yeah,
1: awesome. Well, thank you so much. It was so great to chat with you. So I'm really excited that everyone at our festival had a chance to check out Try Harder, and we'll look forward to your projects in the future. Thank
2: you so much, Lori. It's been really a pleasure to speak with you.